listening to She Rises, a podcast dedicated to women who are ready to stop settling and start living their lives by design. If you're ready to talk about the stuff that weighs you down and get practical advice on everything from your health, body image, spirituality, relationships, and personal growth, then you're in the right place. Hello, I'm Giovanna Capoza, your host, master coach, spiritual teacher, and mind-body expert, and I'm on a mission to unsettle women all over the world. Are you ready to rise? Hello and welcome to the show. I'm your host, Giovanna Capoza, and I'm here with Leila Saad. She is a writer and a mentor for spiritual women doing sacred work in the world. Layla supports women in reclaiming and embodying their truth, power, and sovereignty, both in their businesses and their lives. Through her writings, mentoring, podcast, women's circles, and membership community, Layla guides women through their spiritual awakenings and in growing their businesses the wild, mystic woman way. Can't wait to hear more about that. As a spiritual mentor, Layla holds sacred space for women who are awakening to their divine feminine. She supports women as they heal and remember their true power on their heroine's journey of coming back home to themselves. As a business mentor, Layla also inspires and empowers you, the spiritual entrepreneur, on your journey of growing a sacred business. She's a trained life coach, certified health coach, as well as a Reiki energy practitioner, a speaker, and a passionate writer. She is a British expat of African Arab ethnicity living in Qatar with her husband, who, by the way, I have to say she's gorgeous. I know you guys can't see her, but she's gorgeous. You'll see her picture. She lives there with her husband and her two children, and you can find out more about her work at wildmysticwoman.com, which will be in our show notes. Layla, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Giovanna. That was a gorgeous welcome. Thank you. Oh, it was so great. I just, um, so you and I, just to give the audience a little bit of a background, like we connected on good old social media, like on Instagram. And Mm -hmm. I just kept seeing your posts and I was like, this girl is my soul sister. I need to speak to her. (laughs) I want to find out more about what she does in the world, who she is, where she came from and all of that. And I, I, I especially love, like when I was reading your bio, I love the word sovereignty. Mm. Um, isn't that such a powerful, beautiful world word? Mm, it's been such a, ah, it's just a word that it, it means so much to me because of the journey that I have been on, uh, the spiritual, personal business journey that I have been on. And it's something that I come back to time and time again, whenever I'm feeling out of alignment, whenever I'm feeling off my path, um, to remember to come back in to my sovereignty is just so powerful. Oh my gosh. I love that word. And I love that you just said that. Tell us a little bit more about that journey and that path to sovereignty. Mm, yeah, that's a good, juicy question. <laughs> um, and I, I guess where to start, you know, I, I live in Qatar, as you said, but I actually uh, was born and grew up in the UK. Um, and I grew up as uh, the eldest daughter and I was always the one who was at the top of the class and always the straight A student. And um, there was a lot of uh, expectation on me about achieving and um, being being someone in the world. You know, I remember growing up and, and my mom, you know, wanting the best for me, telling me, you know, because you're you're black and you're Muslim and you're a woman, things are going to be a lot harder for you than they are for other people. And so you're going to have to work twice as hard to get, you know, the same level of recognition. So 
I was always very driven. I loved learning anyway, you know, so it wasn't like I was forcing myself to do something I didn't want to do. I loved learning. But um, what I, I think a, a pattern that, a, that was established for me pretty early on was that my sense of worthiness came from my sense of achievement. And so if I wasn't achieving as in the top of the class, the top of everything, then I felt, you know, not good enough. There was a sense of unworthiness there. Mm, um, I know that one. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> when I, um, when I entered university, I chose to study law and I chose that subject because that's what I thought you're supposed to do, right? You're supposed to become a lawyer or a doctor or one of those professions that um, the top grade students always go for. And as soon as I started studying, I knew it wasn't for me. Um, and it was so heartbreaking because I didn't know what else I was supposed to be doing. And during that period of, of university, I really went through a, a period of kind of trying to define who I was, having lived so much of my life for someone else or other people or other people's expectations. Um, I knew I didn't want to be a lawyer, but I had no idea what I wanted to be. And I suffered quite a lot from depression during that time and anxiety and panic attacks, um, which I, having spoken to a lot of my clients and, and friends, I know that's, it was a very tough period for many people, um, because you are kind of coming into this new phase of your life, right? You're no lo longer the, the innocent girl. You're coming up as a, a sort of maiden, but you're, you're kind of gaining a lot more independence. And so that's been a struggle. That was a struggle for me. And I know it's a struggle for a lot of people. Yeah. It's like um, you're letting go of an identity, right? So there's always yes. that, like there's, there's some grief in that and some, yes. uh, you know, my favorite Confusion. word, dis discombobulated, right? It's like, what, what's completely, next <laughs> yeah. completely discombobulated. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, but it was, it was one of the darkest periods of my life. Um, it lasted for around, for, for almost the entire time of my degree. So almost three years. Um, and what got me out of it was actually, uh, my best friend introduced me to the world of personal development books and tools and gave me some Tony Robbins CDs and, and books. And I'd never heard of him. And so I started playing these uh, CDs and they just opened up my eyes so much to realizing just how much power I actually did have that I wasn't exercising. And so that work really helped me to kind of pull myself out of that. And after I finished my degree, I decided not to go on and study um, law, you know, further on. Um, I decided to take a break. And um, I remember thinking at the time, I went through that depression, that anxiety for a reason. There must be a reason why I went through it. And I, I believe that at some point in my life, I am going to use what I learned in that period to help other people when they're in pain, when they're struggling, I'm going to be able to help them. Um, and I, that was just always in the back of my mind. You know, I, there was nothing I knew to do with it then at that point, it was just always there. And so quite by accident, I then ended up in a degree in a, in a career in, um, in corporate tax. <laughs> wow. Really what, a leap. what a random leap. <laughs> I'm awakening and I'm going to do taxes. I love that. <laughs> it was really random. I mean, I had, like I said, I grew up in the UK. I moved here to Qatar when I was 15. And then I went back to the UK when I was 18 for my degree. When I finished my degree, I came back here to Qatar when I was, uh, I guess, 21. And I had come back to take a, a, a kind of a break year like a, a year to kind of get my head straight. And the plan was to come back to the UK 
once I got my head straight and maybe do a master's or something, you know, find what it is that I actually did want to do. And so I just applied for jobs wherever I could find them. And one of the jobs that I applied for was at PricewaterhouseCoopers. And um, they said, yeah, we'll, we'll hire you. We need someone in our tax department. Fantastic. I was like, I don't know tax. I never studied tax law. They're like, it's fine. It's a really easy law. And uh, by the way, no one else is in the department. You will be starting the department. And I was like, what? What's happening wow. right now? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. So it was pretty, it was an incredible ride. And I, I, I worked at that job for um, two years. I then went on to work at a financial center authority for three years, still in corporate tax. Um, and the entire time I knew that um, it wasn't my path. I just knew, but I, I still wasn't exactly sure what I should be doing. And I, I definitely decided I, I just didn't want to go back to the UK. That just wasn't calling to me. I was happy to stay in Qatar. And around the time I, I met my my husband, that was five years after graduating, um, I found out that life coaching is a thing that people do. And um, you can get paid to help people. And so I started researching that. And after I got married, I decided to, to study life coaching. And then after... I had my first baby, I actually quit, quit the corporate world and started uh, coaching for the first time. Mm. So becoming an entrepreneur for the first time. And the problem was, as passionate I was as I was about this work, I knew nothing about running a business. Right? And that's I, such a people, that's the biggest problem <laughs> we encounter, right? As entrepreneurs, yeah. like, I, this is so I'm so passionate. I want to do this. I want to save the yeah. world. But I know nothing about building a business. <laughs> <laughs> Zero, nothing. And I had no, you know, these days there's so many resources and online programs and all of, I, I knew nothing about any of those things. And so uh, very quickly I lost my confidence. I was like, I, I don't, I don't know if I can do this. I don't think I can do this. And I, I gave up quite shortly after beginning. Um, and that was a cycle that continued for a couple of years. So I would start I would go back to coaching and say, I can do this. And then I would do it for a couple of months and lose confidence and then go back and work part time. I never went back to full time work ever again after that. But I worked part time as a uh, corporate trainer. I worked part time. My last job was as a, a marketing and communications uh, coordinator in a, in a nonprofit. Um, and this was kind of a back and forth that would happen uh, until I hit just before my 30th birthday, I was miserable. <laughs> I was so miserable. And I knew that, you know, this, I, like I'd known it the whole time, I, I can't work for other people. That's just, it kills me to work under someone else's schedule, um, doing work, which isn't meaning like personally meaningful to me. Um, but I just didn't have the courage. I would just keep chickening out. Um, but just before my 30th birthday, I'd just been promoted to a managerial position at my part-time job. And, um, I went into work that day, uh, very early. Nobody else was there. I sat down at my desk and kind of, you know, booted up my laptop. And then my soul just floated straight up out of my body and looked down at me and, and laughed. And I actually laughed. I laughed out loud. I was in the office wow. alone and I laughed. And it was a laugh that came from beyond, you know, like my rational mind. It was a laugh. And it said, like, this is so ridiculous. Like, this isn't your life. This isn't your job. This is someone else's path. You're sitting in someone else's 
career path right now. Um, you're supposed to be out there in the world doing the work that you know you're supposed to be doing. What are you doing here? Wow. Um, yes. <laughs> it was uh, surreal. It was like a moment of such uh, clarity that it was beyond me. It wasn't, it wasn't coming from my rational mind. It was like my soul just giving me a smackdown and, and telling me, look, do you remember when you were in your 20s? Like, do you remember listening to Tony Robbins and, and thinking one day my life is going to look a certain way? And you're here, you're almost 30. And look at how your life looks. You're miserable. You, you're doing this part time job, which is draining the hell out of you. You're feeling like your potential is being wasted. You know, you're not a happy person. And if you continue making these kinds of decisions, that's going to be your life for the rest of your life. If you don't get off this track, like now. Um, and so I said, Okay, I'll do it, you know, and I said, I'll, I'll wait for the right moment to come. When, when the moment comes, I'll know it. I'll get the intuitive nudge and I will throw myself into the business world with everything and, and I will not give up. You know, I will throw everything at it and I will not give up. And ever since then, I have been an entrepreneur. Wow. And uh, yeah, you know, I, I that was, um, I'm 33 now. So that was, yeah, like three years ago. And I, I started my first business um, doing kind of soulful business coaching. And then last year, I, I, had, I had just an incredible spiritual awakening. And it took me on a crazy journey that I was not expecting. And from that was birthed my new business, which is Wild Mystic Woman. Um, Tell me about and, that. Tell me about... Yes. Because, I mean, I, I hear that and I feel that wild mystic woman. I mean, I am her. I know so many mm -hmm. of my friends and colleagues are her. And I get it. But for people mm -hmm. that might not get it, because I, I actually love, you're, you're one of the many people in my circle and in my sphere that have come from this, you know, corporate world, which is very mm. linear and there is nothing woo-woo in the corporate world, right? It's just linear and this is how it goes and it's high achievement and come from there to not abandon that completely, but, but integrate it and bring in this spiritual side, which a lot of people would label, you know, woo-woo or, you know, kind of out there, but it's such mm. a powerful statement, wild mystic woman. So can you explain what that means to you? Yes, absolutely. And this is it's funny because this is the part of my story where I always feel like I'm trying to explain it and it's not coming out the way I want it to <laughs> because it's it's so different from the rest of my life. Yeah, what I'll happened, bet. <laughs> yeah. What happened to me last year is so incredibly different to anything that ever happened to me. And I, and I think I went through in 2016, the amount of transformation and change I went through in 2016 was more than in my entire life. I truly believe that. Gosh. So I have always been very much guided by my intuition, uh, very much connected to what is my soul wanting. Um, but I was not a, <laughs> I was not a wild mystic woman. I, was soulful, definitely. But I, the words wild woman, the words mystic, they, they were not energies that, um, that resonated with me. They felt too much. They felt too, too much for me to be able to contain. But I was, you know, friends with, with people who were, who were in, in the spiritual world and doing spiritual work. So I was familiar with things. Um, but what happened last year was two things which kind of kicked off 
a spiritual awakening for me. The first one was that back in April of 2016, I wrote a, a blog post that went viral. And it was very unexpected because my business had been growing nicely, but slowly. And I had a nice little, you know, base of, of, of a community. Um, but I, I wrote this post and it was called why those six figure business coaches are failing you. Yes. And, I read um, that. That's how I discovered you. It's a great article. Yes. Thank you. Um, and I, it was the first time that I, uh, I just got this nudge, like, just say what you really want to say. Like, don't, don't, um, sugarcoat it. Like say something that you really mean, that you really believe in, that you think that your community need to hear. My community was very small. And so I wrote this blog post, I hit send on it, I hit post within 24 hours. It had been shared on Facebook 1,200 times <laughs> within a week. It had been shared 5,000 times. Um, and I went from feeling like, you know, this kind of small, like person that was like, nobody really, you know, only the people who know about me, know about me, not like complete strangers. Uh, I suddenly had complete strangers just sharing this post, adding me on, you know, sending me friend requests, sending me emails that they wanted to interview me, um, signing up for my waiting list. I didn't even, I wasn't even selling anything at the time. It actually paused things because I was testing out a program. And so I wasn't signing up any new clients, but I put, I put something on my website that says, you know, if you're interested in the future, sign up. I suddenly had like 30 people sign up. All of this from speaking your truth and following yes. guidance, I have to say. Yes. Yeah. That was a very powerful lesson for me. And ever since that post, actually, that's all I do now is I just share exactly what I feel and exactly what I think, because it's so incredibly powerful. But what that um, event kind of catalyzed it in my life is that it suddenly jumped me, jumped me up, it jumped me to kind of a next level. And while my business, like the structures of my business were prepared for it, I wasn't emotionally prepared for it. Mm. And I'm very introverted. I'm very, you know, like I'm a highly sensitive person. I'm an empath. And I, I don't like having the spotlight in on me in, in, a, in that way. It was very uncomfortable for me. Um, and it brought up a lot of, um, a lot of fear, even though, uh, it went viral. And like, I would say 95% of, of the feedback I was getting was incredibly positive. And I still get people to this day, actually I had someone comment on the post today. I still get people finding the article and commenting. Um, but it just, it brought up my shit. Like it brought up yeah. my stuff. And I, I was finding that I was self-sabotaging instead of like wanting to move forward. I was actually feeling resistance. Um, and so that was, that was the first thing that happened. And then the second thing that happened was that I went on a, a business retreat as part of a program that I was in on the last night of the retreat. We had, um, we had a really, a really powerful, uh, meditation and healing ceremony. And, um, it was like, I think it was more than an hour, maybe an hour and a half long. And during the meditation, it was kind of like a chakra activating kind of meditation. I felt that my consciousness kind of broke through into a higher realm. That's what it felt like. It felt like I touched a level of bliss that I had never known before. And it was only looking back actually a few months later that I realized, hmm, I think I might've had a Kundalini awakening <laughs> at that time. And I say that because the, in that night I had this moment of bliss. The very next day, 
not even 24 hours later, like the very next day, things started suddenly crumbling in my life. I, I um, had some things in my personal life just start falling apart. And uh, it was such a contrast, you know, from like that high to suddenly this huge low. And um, I was like, what is happening here? <laughs> I have no idea what's going on. And and then very quickly after that, my life started taking me in in a direction where, like I said, I was feeling this resistance in my business. Suddenly we were we were about we my husband and I decided to move house. And when we did, our plans got changed. And instead of moving into the gorgeous apartment, like luxury apartment that we were planning to move into, we ended up actually moving into my parents' house and giving away wow. two thirds of yeah, we ended up giving away two thirds of our possessions, like two thirds of our furniture, our clothes, everything. And I said, something is happening here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wanted to ask weird. you about that, yeah. actually, because you I mean, one of the things I love about reading your stuff is that you are so vulnerable. You know, you you really share vulnerably and you really open up to to people. And 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 although, you know, you're like you said, you're a bit of an introvert. That's what really has captured me in terms of reading what you write, especially like if it's on Instagram, which is a social platform, like everybody sees Mm. it, but you're so vulnerable and I love the way you write. And you've written a couple of times very openly, which has so resonated with me uh, because I've also written openly and about your relationship with your mom. Mm. And, you know, I wonder because, you know, so I'm I'm from an Italian background. So culturally, Mm. we're very intertwined. And I know, too, from being, um, you know, from my friends and the, who are Arab and Muslim, it's we're the same. Like, they're the same as Italians. Yes. They're the same as Europeans. <laughs> it's like everybody's in your business. Everybody has an opinion, you know. Yes. It's the same. And, and you know, these concepts and this wild mystic woman way and these these parts of you that are now, like, coming and coming to, to awakening and, fl- and flourishing – they don't. And I know this from experience, you know, I started my journey yes. when I was 20. They don't really fit into the cultural like expectations no. and things. So how have you navigated that, especially now that you mentioned, you know, you're back, you know, temporarily or whatever it is with with your parents and your, your parents yeah. are very involved. How do you yeah. navigate that? Well, it, it's interesting because when that happened, I... I, a year a year before all of this happened, I actually went through a kind of dark night of the soul. And uh, during that time, I actually learned how to surrender. And so I, I, I surrendered in that time and it helped me incredibly. And so when this was happening almost a year later and I could sense that things were happening that were kind of out of my control, it was like my life was suddenly going in this weird direction that was completely out of my control. I could sense that it was not me directing. It was the divine directing it and and arranging things in a certain way because I was being prepared for something. Um, And so my only, my only response was, okay, I surrender. I I don't know where this is going. I just know that you're taking me through something and I surrender because there's no, like there, there's no logical explanation for all of this. And I, I knew, you know, particularly when you're talking about coming to my parents' house, I knew that I was being brought there for a reason. I knew that, um, I was being brought here to, to do specific deep work, like to finally work on it all, all of it, all of the hurt, all of the pain. And I was like, you know what, my business is just going to have to take a pause for a while because I am going to throw myself at this. And, you know, there's like deep wounds here and I just keep stuffing them down and stuffing them down. And now I need to work on this. That is Um, so brave because most of us don't do that, do we? (laughs) 
<laughs> well, right? I didn't. I didn't for a long time. Of but course. I think, yeah. Yeah. I think yeah. there comes a point when we just know, like, it's this or there's no other way. That's it. it we have to face it eventually. That's so poignant because I it's so many of and it, it happens at different times. You know, for me, I, you know, it happened quite young. I was 19 when I first started involving myself in all of this work. And it's been mm. over 20 years now, which I every time I say that, I'm like, I don't feel that old. But um <laughs> But, you know, I started really, and everyone starts on their different path and it's different for everyone and it's a different age, but we aren't really taught to look at this stuff. And we almost sometimes look at the personal development or, you know, I hate calling it the self-help community, but it's personal development. We kind of sometimes will look at it before this happens to us as like, oh, that's a luxury. That's a luxury for people who have time to go play there, but I need to get to work and I need to get stuff done. But what mm-hmm. you soon realize, like you just said, is it's not a luxury. Like you, we got to look at this stuff. Otherwise, yeah. it causes disease in our body. It weighs us yes. down emotionally. And it actually manifests itself in so many different ways. So yes, kudos to you for just saying, all right, I'm being guided. Let's go into the fire. Well, one of the things that really um, helped me to realize that is that, like I said, I was facing a lot of resistance in my business. And I couldn't understand why. Because everything around me was that was happening was really great, you know. I was suddenly getting all of these new opportunities, and like, I'm like, I, I don't self sabotage like this, you know. This is what I've been waiting for. And by chance, a friend from a program that we were in, someone I didn't know very closely at the time, but she's now my my one of my mentors and my healers, said, you know, w- would you like me to um, offer you some Reiki? And I said, what's Reiki? <laughs> you know, what's that? Like, how will that help? Um, but she said, you know, I'll be, I'll be happy to, to, to do a session for you. And I said, okay, let's try it because I will throw anything at this. I have no idea what's going on. And just um, so for and- the people that are, sorry, Leila, for the people that are listening that don't know what Reiki is. And actually we even said Kundalini experience before. And I, I got like, well, we get what that is, but no people that are listening might not know what that is. What is Reiki? I'll let people know what that is. So Reiki is, a, is, is quite simply a form of, of energy healing. And so a lot of the time, the work that we do, let's say, as, as life coaches, as mindset coaches, is with the with the conscious mind, right? But a lot of the patterns that that run our life are actually in the subconscious and actually at, at an energetic level, which we can't always access ourselves. Um, and, and so that's why we need we need support. And so what um, Reiki does is a, a Reiki channel. Sh- channels energy. She's not giving you her energy or interfering with your energy. She is channeling divine energy, which is divine, you know, unconditional love, white light, whatever you want to call it, to help rebalance the energetic system. So the the, the chakras in your body and the energy, when there is a blockage of things not moving, that's when you know things are stuck. And Reiki helps to, to get the energy moving again. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I, I, but I had no experience with it. I don't know how it worked or how it's supposed to help. And, but I said, okay. And, uh, I was just looking for support in why are things not moving in my business? You know, I wasn't looking at anything else. Why in my business are things not working? 
And um, we, she she did a session with me and then we had a call afterwards. And she was, you know, after our session, she usually tells me things like visions that she sees. That's how she re- receives her intuition is things that she she sees. Um, we're all kind of intuitive in different ways. I, I'm more um, I hear things more than I see them. But she she saw an image of uh, something between my mother and I. And she said, you know, there's it was it was. I, I remember bawling my eyes out when she said it to me and thinking, how do you know this? Um, but she said there was, you know, from when you were a child, there was this this kind of piece of kind of like pain that your mother gave to you and, and you kept it in your heart and you've been carrying it. You've been carrying it with you for years, for all of your life. And wow. you feel that when um, if you tr- if you become too happy, if you get too much success, that you're kind of being disloyal to her because you agreed to carry this pain for her. And it's all very much on a subconscious level. You know, she didn't consciously give me anything. Um, but that was a kind that of resonated between us. It resonated so deeply. I, I couldn't stop bawling my eyes out. Mm. And what I, um, you know, to just to add in there a little bit and for those people that are listening this is from a psychology point of view and from even energetically the relationship between, especially between mother and daughter, but just children in general with their parents, but especially between mother and daughter, there's this part of the child that somehow will want to save or rescue or protect the mother. It's this sort of innate knowing that that's the lifeline, right? Mm -hmm. That's our lifeline. So that's very interesting because I've had similar patterns and things come up with me and and Mm. feeling protective of my mother and taking on things that were not mine, but were hers Mm. um, Mm. out of a sense of loyalty or protection. So thank you for sharing that. Um, That's huge. Um, And I, and I also wanted to add that in for anyone else that's listening. It's really important. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so glad that you added that because that was a, a, so a part of my spiritual journey of last year was kind of exploring that and exploring it personally between her and I, but also as a, as a larger thing that happens throughout uh, many different cultures and many different um, countries around the world and throughout time, that this is a pattern that runs. And it was something that I was like, I need to put a stop this because I have a daughter. I don't want to pass that on. And I'm sure my mother didn't consciously want to pass it on to me either. And so, yeah, I did a lot of work around that. But the reason I share that story is because it made me realize how everything is so interconnected. And I wanted to move forward in my business. And I realized, no, it's not about just getting um, tacking things on top. It's not about like, oh, just, you know, create a new marketing strategy or just create a new offering. It was you are you are the entrepreneur of the business. So the success of the business will depend on you and Absolutely. and your level of, of yeah, it will depend on your level of ability to be able to carry more and more success. Yeah, you and are the business, right? You are your business. And so that's when I started calling this journey the spiritual entrepreneurial journey because it, they're so linked together. Um, the more that I do my spiritual work, the more I'm able to grow in my business. Um, and I've seen that as so true. And that's, that is why going back to something else you said earlier, that is why I share so much of my journeys, why I share so vulnerably about things, which are, which I never shared about before because they're uncomfortable and they're personal. I share them because we're all on that journey. And sometimes we feel like we're struggling in our businesses or our lives because there's some, we think that there's something wrong with us. 
right? Like we're just mm-hmm. flawed in some way. Like we're just not able to have, have the right that strategy. Thing. We don't have the right know-how. Right. We don't have all the doing stuff, but it's, it's about the being. And that's one of the, I think that's why your, your message and your work resonates so much with me. And I was sort of smiling a little bit as you were talking, because I remember I, I offered this coaching experience to someone uh, several weeks ago, and, and we had several conversations to see if we were matched to work together. And, and it was mm. interesting because there was so much uncovered and there was so much revealed and I could see how she was holding herself back and mm. how she was getting caught up in the doing and in her head and in the strategies. And in the end, she, she decided she wanted someone who did business coaching. And I just, mm. inside of me, I, I, you know, I, I wished her well, and I, I actually referred her to someone, um, but inside of me, I thought, God, this is business coaching. Like, yes. this, this is that you are the business. And so she yeah. wanted to. And, and listen, we do need the strategies. We need to know marketing. We need to know yes. certain things about the online world. And we have to know those things. We can't live in cloud mm. la la land. Right. But when you can't see the forest through the trees and see that you are the problem and this mm. boils, I've worked with authors, I've worked with CEOs, I've worked with, and it boils, it comes right down the chain, doesn't it? Like if you are yeah. not okay inside yourself, psycho-spiritually and, you know, psychologically even, it trickles down, doesn't it? It does. It, it really, really does. And I felt like the difference between my previous business and my current, you know, Wild Mystic Woman business was that uh, in in my current business, I I, I put that first as a priority. Like, how do I feel, <laughs> you know, and what's coming up for me? And um, how can I make all of this that I'm trying to create, how can I make it work for me with where I am right now? And so there is a kind of a difference where before I wanted to do all the things that everyone was doing. And now it's like, I just want to do a few things, but I want to do them really well. And I want to do them in a really meaningful and deep way. And I, what I found is that I actually am, I'm working, not working less, but working, not kind of spinning my wheels like smarter. I was before. Smarter, not harder. Working a lot smarter, <laughs> yes. And, and getting, you know, continuing to get clients coming to me, continuing to get uh, opportunities to speak on podcasts and, and opportunities to collaborate with others because, because I, I, I prioritize my alignment over everything. That is so, so, so important. And I, I want to touch on that because we often hear this, this term divine feminine or your feminine essence. And it can sound to people that are not in our world, like, what are you talking about? Like, it sounds, <laughs> it could sound again, really airy fairy, really kind of woo woo. Um, I remember, you know, in my early beginnings, even hearing phrase and thinking, what the heck are people talking about? And it's, you know, it's almost become a buzzword now in this sort mm. of alternative field. It can sometimes to people that are not sort of in our realm of things feel like, well, I don't even know what that is. You know, it's, I had someone say to me once that it sounded anti-feminist and I thought, oh my gosh, it's like the opposite of that. It's like <laughs> very feminist, but yeah. it really is what you're saying. It's being, it's, it's being not doing more. It's being in that flow and tapping in. So explain that to us a a little more for the people that are like thinking, what the heck is divine feminine? What are you talking about? Yes. So the divine feminine, I think, is something that is certainly each one of us defines what that means differently, depending on your own spiritual beliefs and your own kind of where you're coming from. What it meant for me was that as I went into that period of 
okay, I'm going to surrender and we're going to go on this like crazy carpet ride right now. I have no idea what's going on. The flow that was guiding me through that journey was the divine feminine. And it was the voice that, that would say, contact that person for a Reiki session, or why don't you uh, set up an altar? Or why don't you start a blog and call it Wild Mystic Woman and write about your spiritual experiences? It, it's that voice that is is guiding you along the way. And it's that voice that is asking you to come back into wholeness with yourself, um, the, the feminine side of yourself. And that when I say the feminine side, I don't mean like exclusively women. I mean it as an energy. Right. It's not gender um, related. It's not gender related. It's an no. energy. It's it's like the yin and the yang, right? Yes. Yeah. And so the energy of the divine feminine, is, it, well, the energy of the divine feminine to me is, I know a lot of times people talk about it as kind of being like surrender and, and I have as well, um, and kind of mysterious and kind of. That's part of it, right? Yeah, yeah, but there's also like a fierceness yes. to it as well. <laughs> yeah. And the fierceness is like different to the fierceness of masculine energy. Totally, totally. I love yeah. that you just said that. Women that are listening and men, this isn't <laughs> about like, you know, fainting and breaking out your smelling salts and like, oh, I'm so feminine. <laughs> like it's it's not about that. There is a fierceness. No. There's a there's a warrior kind of goddess, like Xena warrior yeah. princess kind of and, and, but that comes from a different place. Tell us about that. Cause that's so important. Mm, well, this is where I love goddess archetypes as a way to kind of explain this energy. And I'll just mention some names and, and if people are wanting to kind of research, they can just Google them to see, but you have the Hindu goddess Kali, oh, yes. who is the goddess of destruction and chaos and transformation. And, um, what she said to me was, I am, I like to add, and, and, and and what she, what she guided to me to was, she said, you know, I, we're going to have to tear down everything in your life that isn't working everything because I love you. And this, the, all of the stuff isn't working. It's holding you back. And so it's not going to be uh, a very like graceful process. No, we're going to burn everything to the ground, you know, and that was us like giving away two thirds of our, wow. of, yeah, of, our exactly. of our stuff, like, you know, really like it, under weird circumstances and having to look at different areas of my life and see, okay, that isn't working. I can't do that anymore. But the energy behind it is that she's, she's not asking you to destroy everything because she just loves destruction. She's asking you to destroy it because she loves you so much. And she wants, she wants the best for you. Um, so there's Kali, there's Inanna, who is kind of the, the Sumerian goddess of like the, the, the descent, the, the, the journey of going deep within yourself to look through, be, you know, beneath like the covers and the shadows, the things you've been hiding. I don't know and her. Tell me the name, say mm, the name again. Inanna. Inanna. And from what uh, cultural reference is she? Like Sumeria. Oh, mm, so another name her. for her is um, Ishtar. Yes. And, okay. Uh, yes, I know Ishtar. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Ishtar. Yeah. And so she. So the story of Inanna very briefly was that she was queen of like the sky and the heavens. Um, but she had a sister who lived in the underworld, and her sister's husband passed away. So she decided to go visit her sister, but she had to go through these seven gates 
through to get to the underworld. And at every gate, she had to give away a piece of her beautiful clothing. You know, she's a queen. She's like wearing a crown and, 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 uh, uh, you know, beautiful jewels and everything. And at each gate, she would have to give something away in order to get to the next gate. Oh, when she I, finally... have to, I have to pause you there for one second, Layla. Mm-hmm. How many women are listening and just resonated with that archetype, right? <laughs> with each yeah. step of the journey, she had to give a piece of herself away, or a piece of her clothing, a piece of her. Whew, okay, I just felt that. Yeah. <laughs> Continue. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Till she got to the bottom and she was completely naked. And that was, she had given everything away. And uh, she gets there and her sister doesn't like her very much. And her sister, I think, uh, either gives her a stare or does something, but she, she, she kills her. And she she takes her body and she hangs it uh, on a hook on the wall. And so Inanna is just there dead, basically naked, hanging, hanging on this hook. And that is the death period. That is when we are going on the spiritual journey and we're just like, there is nothing left here. I have given every part of me away and I'm not running away anymore. I'm going to stay down here and wait And so um, I think it's three days later or something, some kind of like little minions are sent down to come (laughs) to come rescue her. And instead of kind of trying to like grab her and and take her back up, they they come and they soothe the sister um, because she's grieving. Her husband has 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 died. And instead of saying, can you give us back Inanna, they, they listen to her and they listen to her with compassion and they grieve with her and they cry with her. And that for me is the part where we cry with ourselves. Like we have given every part of ourselves away and there's, we, we notice all, we, we finally see all the ways that we have been betraying ourselves, all the ways that we have been hurting ourselves with our words, with our actions, with our beliefs. Um, all the patterns that we have been running and we need to grieve that. And so that's what that, that stands for. I love um, that you're, that you've gone to the archetypes and I want, I want to just quickly for people that are listening as well, just to define that. So, mm-hmm. you know, archetypes are not something new, actually the famous psychologist, uh, Carl Jung was mm-hmm. one of the people that really pioneered the use of archetypes in his theories of like the human psyche. And I, I love that you're giving us the picture and giving us the archetype and then relating it back to the pieces of ourselves because they are pieces of our human psyche. You know, they're not just yeah. these beautiful fantasy stories. They're, they're pieces that resonate with us so deeply. And an archetype coming from the Greek word really meaning original pattern. So yes. tell us a little bit about how you use archetype work, because already with just the two you've given us, I mean, I feel a deep resonance with pieces of those. How do you use this work to actually, you know, with yourself and with the women that you work with? Mm, And how can the listeners use it as well? Yeah. Yes. Archetypes are what helped me to realize that I wasn't crazy. (laughs) Hallelujah. (laughs) Right. There's actually a pattern here. I'm not just a person that suffers from what I was calling, you know, depression. Um, Maybe, you know, for a long time, I thought maybe I'm just a person that every now and then I just I have to go through this cycle of depression. That's just me. There's just something defunct about me that just takes takes me there. What learning about these divine feminine archetypes helped me with is, is realizing how this is actually a pattern that is running out. And it gave me kind of a map because there, when you're in it, like when you're in that, that time of like, I don't know up from down, I don't know what I'm doing with my life. I don't know why I don't want to get out of bed. It's really lonely. It's really, really hard. And 
there's nothing else that we can relate it to. It seems like the world is, is continuing on just fine and we're stuck here in the hole. And what discovering these archetypes has helped me to do is, is give, has given me a roadmap. So I know where I'm at. So when I was in that period of what is called the descent, when she is in the underworld and she is dead and she's hanging on this meat, you know, this hook, like a piece of meat. And there's this grieving that's happening. I'm like, that's where I am right now. And it helps you to understand it's a cycle, right? It's definitely that a cycle. That this too shall pass. <laughs> yes. Because, because after that, they actually, she, she actually brings her back to life and gives her to these two beings and they take her back up through the seven gates and she, she rises, she ascends and she comes back and she comes back, not as the woman that she was, she comes back as a completely new woman. And so that gave me a map to know, okay, right now I'm here, but I will ascend. There will come a time when I will feel the stirring inside of me and I will know that it's time to get, get myself back up and start climbing back up. And (laughs) yeah, it just, it, it saved me from like, you know, really thinking, gosh, like there's just something wrong with me. Yeah, exactly. I love that story. And then she rises, right? Just like the Mm -hmm. name of this podcast. And actually it's inspired by the the story of the mythical Phoenix, which goes through the same cycle of seemingly death and destruction and then rising again. And I love that you just used Kali and and Ishtar for that, for those examples, because it's just beautiful Mm. and it's why we're here. And that's, it's so, I love that you said that the way you use it is to really know that you're not losing it, that this is part of a larger cycle, that I'm, I'm going through a tiny death right now, and maybe mm. I'm in winter, but spring will come again. It's so important because we despair in those times if we don't have these tools or these insights or this um, guidance because we think, yeah. well, this is it. My very first spiritual mentor, who's still my, my mentor to today and my dearest, dearest friend, she used to say to me, and I repeat this all the time with my clients, when you're the red in the rainbow, you cannot see other colors. Mm. And I love that because it, it speaks to so many different things. But these having these, um, you know, models in terms of the archetypes really helps us to start to see, okay, right now I am the red in the rainbow, but I will see the other colors eventually. Like yeah. I'll see them again soon. What a, thank you yes. for sharing that. That was absolutely beautiful. Thank you. Yeah. Such important, important work. Wow. Okay. This has been just, just amazing, amazing, amazing. Tell us a little bit about how, you know, if people want to, you know, dive deeper into this work with you, how can they um, find you? What are, what are you offering now? And and where can they just follow your insights and, and all of this beautiful sharing that you do? Mm, thank you. So you can find me at wildmysticwoman.com. And if you're wondering if, if you're a wild mystic woman, because I remember thinking I'm not a wild mystic woman. If any of this conversation has sparked your interest and you're feeling a stirring within you of something mysterious uh, or deeper, um, just come onto the website, come and check it out, see what resonates with you. Um, because I, I believe that there is no one definition of a wild mystic woman. Like it really is about what it means to you, what being a wild woman is means to you, what being a mystic means to you. Um, and my work is really to help, to help create a safe space for women to explore that. And so, um, the work that I do, I do mentoring, a one-on-one mentoring work. I have sessions that are called sovereign sessions and they can be used for business or for, 
spirituality, but because a lot of my, my clients do both, they're used for both a lot of times. Um, and so if you're exploring things like, you know, what we've talked about today, if you're exploring how you can start sharing your truth, um, more vulnerably, more publicly, if you're looking at how you would like to realign your business back in tune with your soul, back in tune with your intuition, then that's what I work with clients on. I am launching a membership community, a monthly membership community this month, March, called the Sovereign Sisterhood. And it's going to be a place where we can have more and more conversations like this, because one of the things that really helped me on my journey was sisterhood was actually turning to turning to women who have been through this or are going through it and saying, I'm not crazy, right? This is, this is a real thing, right? <laughs> I'm not losing my mind. This is actually a real thing. Yeah. Community is yeah. so important for women. Yes. Yeah. yeah. We're creatures so of community. Mm. And, and before this work, I, 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 my work was very much about supporting women, but I did not allow myself to be supported by women. I was very much in my kind of masculine power a lot. Um, and now I, 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 I would be lost without sisterhood. And so this community, I'm creating it because I, I want it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That's want. why we do anything. It's like going to be fun for us, right? It's almost it's, a little bit selfish, but it's going to help yeah. others. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, I also have a podcast called the Wild Point Mystic Woman podcast, which you can also find on my website. And we have beautiful conversations just like this about the spiritual journey, the entrepreneurial journey, just beautiful conversations. And you can also find me on Instagram where I'm very active. Um, and the handle is Wild Mystic Woman. Great. And we'll put uh, all of that in, in the show notes as well. And for those of you that are interested in exploring more um about archetype work as well. Like, you know, definitely go uh, visit Layla's site, but also um, Google it. It's so fascinating and interesting. I think for a lot of the people that are listening, like some of you may have already heard of this type of work and there's so many different models of different archetype work. Um, And Mm. some of you might be brand new to you. And so Google it, have a look at it that, like I said before, this is, um, this is work that was, you know, originated and pioneered by Carl Jung, who's a well-respected psychologist. So um, there's a lot out there and there's a lot of different archetypes. Like, you know, Layla shared with us two archetypes that were sort of from the um, religious or mystical realms or um, mm. mythology realms. But there's so many different archetypes. And you'll see that they really can help you sort of model where you are in your life right now. Um, and of course, tune back into the podcast because we're going to have more amazing interviews with more uh, amazing guests like Layla. Layla, I want to thank you so much from the bottom of my heart for being here. I love what you shared with us, including your, your journey and all the beautiful pieces of yourself. Thank you for being here. Thank you so much for inviting me on. I so loved this conversation and it's made me really excited because I'm also writing a book and, um, I, I'm going to be sharing a lot of what we've been talking about today. So it's going to be a, a book about, it's a book of short essays and poems about this, Amazing. this, her, this heroine's journey. Um, and, uh, yeah, so you've really, you've really we'll ignited that, that passion. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll definitely look out for that. And uh, again, it was a pleasure. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you, darling. Thank you so much for tuning in and keep rising everyone. 
For books and resources related to today's episode, make sure you head over to SheRisesPodcast.com and I'll see you there. If you've enjoyed today's episode, make sure you tune back in next week when I dive into more juicy topics to help make your life the best it can be. And hey, if you've enjoyed listening to the show and you love it, head on over to iTunes and leave me a rate and review and subscribe there to the show. 